0: In ancient times, men would set aside personal comfort and strive to live a life of dedication to a higher cause. These Nazarites would resist sin and call others into a life of holiness, and they'd let their beards grow long as they grew in virtue. So in honor of these great men, each November, a bunch of guys started getting together online and focusing on growing in virtue and growing out their beards. Well, now for the second year in a row, we are also gathering as women to get a taste of the Nazarite life this November. We're going to focus on growing in community, growing in virtue, and letting a little bit of vanity go by sacrificing one aspect of our personal grooming for the month of November. This year, we launched a podcast for the Nazarite challenge. This podcast, Virtue Riot. My name is Jill Simons, and today we're joined by Anna Carter, one of the founders of Eden Invitation. I really encourage you to check out their website at EdenInvitation.com, and she's going to talk with us today more about temperance and about how this is something that we can really cultivate in our lives as women.
1: Welcome back to our Reflections on Temperance. I'm your host, Anna Carter of Eden Invitation. Yesterday, I was really, really clear that temperance is not about cookies, but today we're going to talk about cookies. I don't really know why I pick cookies. I actually prefer donuts, but that's besides the point. Uh, Why cookies? Why donuts? Why food? Because It's probably the most natural thing we think of when we hear the word appetite. Again, here is some catechism goodness. Temperance is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. Temperance is often praised in the Old Testament. Uh, Here the catechism quotes Sirach. Do not follow your base desires, but restrain your appetites. Uh, so we think about food, right? We're probably thinking about physical appetites, and uh, we might think about drink too. You know, when we think of temperance, I remember U.S. history class back in the day when they talked about prohibition. You know, the people that were pushing for prohibition called themselves the temperance movement. Of course, they meant complete and utter abstinence for everybody, except you know Al Capone uh, and my great grandpa, who made moonshine in the basement of his barn. So that wasn't exactly temperance, uh, the way the catechism envisions it, the way we talk about it in our faith, the way we talk about virtue, right? Uh, It's not this like total rejection of a balance and moderation. But here's the point, right? Here's the point. I think we associate temperance with food and drink because it's so darn obvious and it's so darn difficult. You know, uh, ladies, I don't mean to generalize, but I'm generalizing. Who among us, who among us has not gone willingly to the ice cream binge? Who among us has not emptied one, nay, three bottles of wine once the gossip really got rolling? Let them cast the first cookie and I will eat it. I will eat it gladly. You know, food and drink is that indulgence that we have this super weird relationship with. Because it's good to enjoy the world around us, absolutely. You know, food and drink metaphors are used all throughout scripture to describe abundance, to describe the goodness of God. And God himself seems very interested in making sure that those physical needs are taken care of. You know, we see manna and quail for the Israelites. Uh, He's making wine for his mom's friend's party in Cana. We've got bread and fish for thousands of people. But we still need temperance. You know, overindulgence has physical consequences, uh, as we all well know, right? Excess uh, does not treat our body well. But overindulgence also has spiritual consequences. I don't know if any of you have ever read uh, the book Addiction and Grace by Gerald May. Uh, But it's really phenomenal. He looks at the physical and psychological nature of a spiritual principle of attachment or detachment. Uh, So you can read the book like looking from the perspective of of typical addictive behaviors like drugs, sex, alcohol, etc. But his greater point that he's making is that basically anything can develop spiritual and physical attachments within us. And then these things, they start to dominate our dispositions Uh, out of that, we form habits that lead us away from God and towards idols. Actually, I have it here in front of me. I came prepared. So let me read off some of the ones he mentions. Uh, So these are these things that could kind of like, kind of like last week, we're talking about like pull us sideways a bit in our own lives. Uh, This attraction of pleasures that we experience. Uh, Candy is on there. He doesn't say cookies, but he does say chocolate. So uh, he also says pistachio nuts. I don't know why. Okay, but there's some other good ones in here. Okay, so some of these are food-related. He also talks about exercise, right? And uh, he talks about self-image. Uh, you know, he mentions those things like, like tobacco, um, but also internally, performance, anger, being right, I mean, these are all these things that we're attracted to, right? They can be like pleasurable. They can be enjoyable for us. Computers is on here. Um, you know, this isn't just about food, right? If we're talking about temperance in you, uh, you, listener, in relation to yourself, uh, it's talking about taking in pleasures to an inordinate amount Right, an unnecessary amount, and this can manifest in a ton of different ways. Uh, and again, then it connects into uh, connects into our bodies. Right, we know that like viewing or receiving likes on social media on Instagram, like, can give you actual dopamine hits. Right, They can give you hits of dopamine that foster the creation of addictive behaviors. Right, so like too much scrolling is not enough temperance. Right. Uh, So for today, as you're thinking about that in your own lives, uh, my question for you to consider is, you know, what is your go-to indulgence, specifically when you're stressed out and anxious? Like, what is that go-to indulgence when you're stressed out, when you're anxious? And be honest, you know, how much of a habit has it become? How much of a habit has that go-to indulgence become in your life? Uh, and if you're looking for a practical activity, here's my recommendation. Go buy some Pillsbury dough, make some cookies and eat one. Just eat one uh, and give the rest away. Uh, and when that like hunger, when that appetite is like welling up, you know, uh, just fast from that. Fast from that, give the rest away. See you tomorrow.
0: Thank you, Anna, for calling us to a life of virtue today. So now it's your turn. If you want to share your thoughts on what Anna had to say today, I'd love to keep this conversation going over in our Facebook group. If you haven't had a chance to visit the group yet, you can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to find out more about Anna's amazing ministry, you can head over to EdenInvitation.com. We want to thank our sponsors for the Virtue Riot and the Nazarite Challenge. Catholic Balm Co., Pink Salt Riot, eCatholic, and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. For more information about all of their work, please check out the show notes or visit Nazaritechallenge.com. The best way to help people find out about this Nazirite Challenge and this podcast, Virtue Riot, is to share the challenge page on social media or to rate and review this show on iTunes. And if you rate and review this podcast for this month only, you'll be entered into a chance to win a year's worth of free products from Pink Salt Riot, which you want to win. Until next time, ladies, remember to step out, act up, and start a Virtue Riot.